We are glad that you're here, and we understand that uh, blue tape notwithstanding, you guys have come uh, to worship with us, but also to pay honor to the seniors. Uh, when Jeff came on board, uh, it seems like forever ago, Jeff, I'm not sure, but it really hadn't been that long. Uh, you know, as we were kind of divvying up and kind of working transitional things, you know, what we said was, you know, we kind of had this agreement that he would take all the camps, all the devos, work camp, senior trip. Come to think of it, we see how well that worked out, didn't we? But anyways, and then I would take senior Sunday. Again, come on, guys, it's okay to laugh. Um, Quarantine has removed the humor. And the reason I did was because, if you remember last year when we got everybody together, we said, you know what, when it comes time to do senior Sunday, One of the great requirements ought to be that that whoever speaks know them. And and I would say this even if one of them wasn't my own son. I have been thoroughly blessed to get to know this group of seniors. You know, I, I look back and I can remember when some of you were born. I remember when most of you were baptized. I can remember being at camp with you. I can remember being at Devo's with you. I can remember you being over at our house. I can remember the first time you came to Bible Hour, which seems like so very long ago. And like so many other people, I've managed to watch you grow up. I've watched you change. There were a couple of you that way back in the... The Bible Hour days, you know, it, it's just funny, you know, uh, to, you know, to think how you've grown, how you've changed. There were a couple of girls back then and that looked alike, uh, they still do, and I'm still convinced back then they would always mess with me. I never got the names right, but they never made eye contact. And they hardly ever spoke. And now they are very engaging in their conversation with adults, with their peers, with everybody else. I remember a young man that I had to get on to just a little bit. He was getting kind of wild. Not really wild, wild, certainly by Bible hour standards. And I just kind of said, I I really need you to sit there. And and he threatened me. (laughs) He told me that he was going to have his dinosaur come deal with me later. Uh, I'm happy to report that Noah's T-Rex did not meet me in the parking lot. (laughs) But I say that because we've watched you all grow. And it has been such a, a blessing to me personally. And then to even more so than to be able to share just a couple of thoughts this morning as we talk. If you've got your Bible, I want you to open it up to Philippians chapter 1. Stay at the podium. For how long? Oh, it's not? Hmm, okay. Now I'm paranoid. (laughs) Good time to have a small podium, isn't it, David? But anyways, um, Philippians chapter 1. And I fell in love with this verse. I fell in love with what in chapter 1, verse 6, and I fell in love with it last year as I was doing this talk. And I thought, oh, what a great message. Oh, what a great thought. Oh, what a great, you know, just you know, kind of a thing. And what I really fell in love with this year 
is I read the passage even more. And not only did I read the passage more, but I I read the passage more and really thought more about these 17 seniors that we're going to honor today. And what I want to do is we're just going to look at this this passage because, again, the Bible does not really say an awful lot about graduation. The Bible does not talk about high school graduation. It doesn't go into anything like that. It doesn't tell us how we're supposed to do this or, or anything. But what I found was this wonderful passage that Paul writes to a church that he is just he just has this tremendous love for. And embodied in there are some nuggets for us today. For them, wisdom for them, I hope. Wisdom for the rest of us. Encouragement for all of us, I think. But there's two backdrops before we jump into the verse. Two very important backdrops and, and that you have to understand. Because, again, it's, it's always good to understand the context of what's going on and, and everything else. One of the backdrops here is the sincere love that Paul has for the people that he's writing to. Paul had, to understand the book of Philippians, to understand the church at Philippi, and understand Paul's relationship with them is to understand that Paul had this tremendous love for the church. And I tell you that because the backdrop, number one, of this morning's sermon, for the teens to understand, this church. The people that are here with you this morning, the people that are participating online, the people that are even no longer members here, people that have moved someplace else, people that have gone on to their great reward, the church here at Northside loves you very much. The church here has a just a, a deep Love for you. And I'm not talking about the, just the love that you, because most of you are going, you know, here you've got a parent, you've probably got a grandparent, and, you know, if you're a decent Northside member, you've got an aunt or an uncle or something like that. That's how we do things around here. And I'm not talking about sort of just the family love. I'm talking about the sincere love for you as a soul in Christ. Northside has. And you need to understand that. We take this very serious. I mean, at at the end of the day, you can do the Google. There's a whole lot of people graduating this year. Graduating from high school is not that big of a deal. It may seem like, and I get it, and everything like that, but a lot of people do. That's not what makes today special. That's not what makes you special in our eyes. Yep, we're glad you did it, and everything like that. High five, and everything like that. That's not what makes Senior Sunday so important to us at Northside. It's because we love you so very much. So let's go to verse 6. Now that we understand one of the backdrops, let's go to verse 6. He says, for I am confident of this very thing. Now this was the verse we talked about last year. And I think it's just as appropriate this year. I'm confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. One of the things that just eats at me on senior Sundays or senior convocations or anything like that is when someone stands you know, at the microphone and talks about all of the things that you're going to do, talks about your future, talks about everything like that, and fails to acknowledge the things that you've already done. 
And I even I dislike it even more on the off chance that it ever happens, I hope not, at the pulpit of the Lord's church where we talk about your future without giving credit to the things that you've already done. And one of the things that Paul, in the very beginning of this letter, that he writes to them about, and he talks about how, you know, he, he, clearly he thanks them, he's always praying for them, and everything like that, is he acknowledges the fact that God has already been at work in their lives. And you need to understand that. You graduates, the rest of you teens in the youth group, that God has started something beautiful already in your life, and we've gotten to see it. You've gotten to experience it. You all are a unique group. I mean, this is one of our biggest graduating class, 17. But, you know, as I think about it, you all, I don't want to say that you've persevered. I don't even want to say that you've kind of survived. Because I think you've actually thrived. Confident in this very thing that he who began a good work in you. I I got to thinking about it the other night. You all have been through, you're on your third youth minister. Uh, This isn't funny stuff now. I'll, I'll let you know when to laugh. You're on your third youth minister. And in between, you've had parents just kind of hanging in there doing their thing. You've had, you know, I mean, it's kind of been a little herky-jerky from time to time. You know, we've had things, you know, start, finish, stop. and it, I mean, just it's, it hasn't been the typical youth experience that we would like for you to have. And then just about the time we get that figured out, then all of a sudden, some bat meets a pig, and, and all of a sudden we are you know, taping off every other row. And you don't get to go to school anymore. You don't get to do all those wonderful things. And I say that because, but one of the things that we witnessed was this organic leadership, this organic, okay, we'll take care of things ourselves attitude that we saw in you. And the only way I can explain it is if I attribute it back right now to verse 6, because he began a good work in you. You learned how to encourage one another. You learned how to entertain one another. You learned how to support one another. You learned how to, to do all kinds of great things for each other and for your youth group, and you're the better off because of it. And we're the better off because of it. You have done some fantastic things. You have have stepped up. Instead of sitting down. You had the option of sitting back in your chair. As you waited for, we'll get a youth minister eventually. And we'll, everything like that. You had that option. But you didn't take that option. And the church wouldn't let you take that option. And we are blessed because of it. You are blessed because of it. You know, it's interesting because so many times, like I said, we do a disservice to you. You know, we ask you all these things or what you want to be when you grow up. And I mean, I I got some really cool forms, you know, looking at that, where you want to go and what you want to accomplish and, and everything like that. I think one of these times we probably need to put a Philippians 1 verse 6 box on there. And it's probably not for you to fill out. 
That's for every one of us. And we would have lots of things to say about how you allowed the Lord to work in your life and to begin a great and glorious work. And so when we gather together today, we gather together in that context of verse 6. Because we're not just looking forward to the good things that you're going to do as if somehow you've been, you know, just sort of phoning it in and you're just, okay, finally they've graduated. Now they can go do this and, and have this and, and, and do these things. Now they can become an adult. Some of you, yes, you do need to mature a bit more than others. I, I get it. But um, until I figure out which twin is which, I can't really call you out. But anyways, but you've already begun it. The expectations, the things, the the hopes, the dreams, and everything like that, that you, all these wonderful things that God is going to do in your life are not something that begins with your diploma. They're not something that begins when you exit the youth group. God started it already. I mean, you, you look through the kind of the what people have done and you see some really cool things. You see mission trips. You see backpacks for for underprivileged people. You see great things like that where just humble servants of the Lord said, I will step up. And they did. And we look forward to that. That's why Paul, when he said in verse 6, Paul says, I'm confident. Now remember, Paul was not somebody who misused adjectives or adverbs or anything like that. And so for Paul to say that he was confident, Paul was confident. And he described the confidence of the the Lord, the sovereign God. Beginning a work. And how that's the sovereignty of God. The wisdom of God. The power of God. The power of his gospel. The power of the redemption of his son. How that continues. And great things happen. And he was confident. We're confident in you. Not only do we love you very much, but... We're confident. Now, you may not be the valedictorian at your college. You may not be on Forbes' list. You may not do any of the things that this world would define as being successful, but we're confident that what God has started in you, God is going to see through until the day of Christ Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 7, For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. Paul talks about how, why is he confident? Because he knew them. Because he had them in his heart. We're confident. We know you. You're in our hearts. Let's keep going. He says in verse 8, For God is my witness, how I long for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Hold that thought, because we're going to come back to that in just a moment. And he goes on to say, so understand the backdrop here. Understand the situation. He's got this great group of people. He says, Everything has started great, and, and, you guys, and God is going to continue to work in you. But he goes on, and in verse 9, he doesn't stop there. I mean, Paul could have just sort of left, hey, good things are, have happened, good things are going to continue. But instead, Paul goes forward in verses 9 and 10 with the encouragement that I'm going to offer you all this Sunday morning. 
Because despite the fact that great things had happened, despite the fact that they had sort of, you know, channeled the love of Christ, despite the fact that, that, that they had done great things like that, he, he went on to say, ah, but there's something I am going to talk to you about. And, and understand that they had done great things. Understand you all have done great things. And when I say great things, it's not, you know, that you, it's not the accomplishment as much as the biggest thing more than anything else is you all have learned to love the way that Jesus loves. You've learned to love. I'm not talking about the cute one of you guys that are dating and, oh, you're in love. I'm talking about the ones. I'm talking about you all. You've learned to love each other. We've watched you learn to love the church. We've watched you learn to love the lost. We've seen you learn to love those that are less fortunate. We've seen you learn how to love yourself. And despite, and despite all those great things, the encouragement I give you this morning is the same as the encouragement that Paul offered in verses 9 and 10. He says, and this I pray. Now remember, he's talking to some people he loved. He's talking to some people that were doing great things. He was talking to some people that were walking in the Lord. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. He says, I'm so proud of you all. We are so proud of you all. But I do have this prayer that your love will abound even more, more and more in real knowledge, in real discernment for a purpose. And the purpose he gives there in verse 10, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Now notice what he says here. Notice his emphasis is not on quote-unquote accomplishments, if you will. His emphasis is not on, hey, there's still work to be done. His emphasis is not on, we need a church here, we need a church there, anything like that. What he tells them is, you need to focus on these things, and the so that is the so that that I want to close with today, in order for sincere to so that you stay sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. I want to talk to the rest of the congregation for just a second here. Now, I think, you know, to Jeff's point, if you've got the opportunity to come and just kind of quickly peruse six feet with a mask and a bodysuit, um, you know, some of the tables this afternoon, I would highly encourage you to do that. These are 17 incredible kids. Absolutely incredible. 17 very diverse people. I mean, you, you, you will learn very quickly how different they are, but yet how similar they are and how united they are in the Lord. You will see that we've got future teachers. We've got future politicians. We've got future, you know, directors of IT and moguls, you know, in, in, the, in the geeky stuff. Um, we've got all kinds of things there. And you could probably stand there and just talk to them about, hey, where they want to go and where they want to study. But here's what are things I want you to tell them very simply. After they go through that, in a very polite way, but in a loving way, 
in a forceful way, I want you to tell them, I'm not sure that you really answered my question. And then as they tell you again, then what I want you to do is I want you to look at them even maybe just a little bit more serious. And with compassion, I want you to look at them and say, I really don't care. Because more likely than not, all the things that you will talk about will have to do with colleges, with grades, with jobs, with locations, with travel, with with interest, with hobbies. And those are wonderful things, don't get me wrong. But if you look at what Paul was focused on, Paul had one thing that he was focused on more than anything else, is that he wanted the church at Philippi to remain blameless, to hold on to their salvation until the return of Christ. Because Paul knew that there was nothing else more important than their relationship and their walk with God. Please enjoy the cookies. Please enjoy the cake. Please enjoy the stories. Please be excited by that. But please do not let any one of these graduates feel like they are somehow defined by their accomplishments up until now or the school, the degrees, or any of the jobs that they're going to hold, please let them know more than anything else that we long for them to be with us in heaven, that we want them to walk with the Lord, we want them to grow in the Lord, that we want them to draw closer in the Lord, we want them to marry in the Lord, we want them to do everything in the Lord because there is nothing more important to us long after grades and transcripts and everything else than to see them in heaven with us. That is what Paul was focused on. And so I encourage you all to speak to them that way because there is nothing more important than that. Oh, we'll be excited about that and the stories are cool and we got some people that have done and will do some very interesting things. But more than anything else, I want to see you all in heaven. I mentioned that there were two backdrops to this. To, you know, when you think about Paul writing to Philippians. You know, the first backdrop is that he loved them very, very much. The second backdrop is a little more, it's not quite as fun. It's a little more awkward. The second backdrop is Paul really wasn't sure if he would ever see them again. Paul was in prison. And one of the things that just exudes out of Paul's writing is how he would love to see them again, but he's not sure that he'll get to. We understand. As parents, it kind of throws us back a bit. But we understand that you've got a journey that you're going to begin. And we understand that some of you are not going to see as much as we used to. And that saddens us because we enjoy having you around. It isn't because we want you to stay those little kids and in Bible hour or anything like that. It's just we love you. So where else would we want you to be but around us? But in the same way, Paul understood that he may not get to see the church at Philippi as much or as often or as soon as he would like. We understand that about you all too. You all will go. You will move. You will graduate. You will marry. You'll be in different, we'll see it, holidays maybe or, 
or anything like that. And this is not me trying to tell you, make sure you stay in touch. This isn't that at all. But verses 9 and 10 become so much more important because we cherish this. And that's what we want to leave you with. We want you to do great things, to go fun places. We want to see you all in heaven. Sure, what just happened there. Uh, we're doing things a little bit different this Sunday. Uh, like with many things, uh, we will not offer an invitation, uh, but instead, if you've got a need and you need to talk to you know, the elders, uh, you know, please do so. Uh, normally, what we would do at this time is we would you know, we'd line them up and kind of kind of cute little single file line put them in alphabetical order, and we would, you know, kind of shake hands, high-five, and give them a Bible, uh, just sort of in the interest of social distancing, and for those that are, well, you know where you are. Um, We're not going to do that, but what I would like to do is at least just sort of announce and let you just see, uh, meet some of the people that are graduating, or that are graduating. And then they will receive their Bibles tonight uh, as part of the uh, uh, this afternoon's. There's Emily Allen, Hannah Brooks, Austin Campbell, Noah Clothier, Caleb Deffenbaugh. Trevor Dops, Grant Dunham, Abby Eck, Chloe Eck, in case you have to figure out which one's which, Chloe has a harder time with her hat, um, <laughs> Samantha Estes, A.J. Hicks, Jasper Kingsley, Jaden Moore, Ashton Phillips, Brady Weathers, Brian Weber, and Emma Weber. Seventeen amazing people that God has given us the blessings to come to know. Seventeen amazing people in whom God has begun a great work, and we look forward to watching him perfect it. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, as much as we come here to celebrate the seniors, God, it is far more important that we celebrate you. For God, we have watched you shape each and every one of these lives. Unique and diverse, but yet with a single purpose. God, you are the potter. And we have watched you take 17 pieces of precious clay and shape it. 
And God, what excites us most is we know that you will continue. God, you have plans for them. You have great things to accomplish, things that will go noticed, things that will go unnoticed, the magnificent and the subtle. And that, God, you will work with them. God, our prayer today is that they allow you to continue to shape their lives, that, God, you will use us to help them. God, help us get out of your way as you endeavor to have a stronger relationship with them. And God, we look forward to being with you in heaven, all of us, all 17. Through Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.